Hello, everyone. Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm going to take a few minutes to talk about fasting and prayer. Well, it is the Christmas season, and for many of us, the smell of cookies is filling the air. Christmas treats, frosted cookies. We're thinking about the fun time we're going to have with family. We're going. To, we're thinking about eating Grandma's food right now. Is your is your uh, mouth watering right now? As I'm beginning to conjure up thoughts of Christmas, and it is that time of year where we we are partaking of a lot of food. That's why in just a few weeks from now, when the new year kicks off, everyone's going to be talking about diet plans and. <laughs> going to the gym, getting a membership and all those kind of things. So let's talk about fasting and prayer. Before we do, thank you as always to those that are listening to this podcast. Like it, share it, subscribe, whatever platform that you're listening to. Thank you for joining us. Fasting and prayer is one of those topics as a Christian that is very difficult to do. I mean, first of all, if if you look at the statistics and if I asked you today, how many of you read your Bible every day? You know, the, the stats would show that there's a lot of people that read the Bible, but don't read it on a consistent daily basis. If I asked you, how many of you pray every day? Uh, you know, the statistics would show that people struggle to have a consistent prayer life. I'm a pastor at a church. If I call for a church prayer meeting, it's usually the not the most popular thing, right? In terms of other things that we, if I had like free food buffet. I'd probably get more people to that than a prayer meeting. Anyway, I'm not trying to put anyone down in regards to that. I'm just saying fasting is a very difficult challenge to do. It's a difficult thing to do. And But some of you are in a place right now, or as we approach the new year, you're like, how can I go deeper? How can I get more of God in my life? And I want to challenge you to do something maybe you have done before, maybe you haven't done for a while, Or maybe it's something that you need to do, but I want to challenge you to fast and to pray. Here's the flagship statement that I've constantly said. I've said to Grace Point, our church, about fasting and prayer and to many other people is what fasting, excuse me, what prayer cannot do, fasting and prayer can do. And here's the reality. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, fasting is just one of those ways that we can get more of God in our life and we can see breakthrough in regards to areas that we need him. The discipline of fasting releases the anointing, the favor, and the blessing of God in the life of a Christian. How many of you want that? You know, we're always talking about we want more of God. We sing about how we want more of God. But here's one of the ways that we can actually go deeper into the things of God. And as we look at the Word of God and the Bible, there are so many different biblical characters and actually every major Bible character fasted in the Bible. So why not you? Why not me? Let's just, instead of making an argument over all these biblical biblical characters, let me just put it this way. Jesus fasted. He needed to fast and pray. So should I. Let me just give you a definition of what fasting is because there's a lot of confusion and even as a pastor and I've led times of fasting and prayer in churches, it's always so much debate and things regarding that. I feel like people are trying to get out of fasting rather than wanting to pursue fasting and prayer. But fasting is not merely going without food for a period of time. That is dieting, okay? So I am not a fan of 
dieting. How many of you would say amen? Praise the Lord to that. Not a fan of dieting, but I am a fasting, a fan of fasting and prayer. Biblical fasting is refraining from food for a spiritual purpose. So you want to go deeper into God. You're going to fast and you're going to pray and you're refraining from food to pursue God and for a spiritual purpose in a time of prayer that God is going to call you to. All right. Fasting has always been a normal part of a relationship with God. You know, in Psalm 42, there's a scripture that uh, many of us have read before. And in, in that scripture, it says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. You know, that's a popular, that's been actually, that lyric line has been put in a lot of worship songs, some, uh, you know, as the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after thee. You guys remember that song? It comes out of that, Psalm 42. And it also says in that Psalm, it says, as deep calls unto deep. It's interesting if you research that Psalm, David was in a time of prayer and fasting When he was writing that, because he was abstaining from food, he was pursuing God spiritually, and he was literally praying that. He says, Lord, in this time of fasting and prayer, I thirst, I hunger and thirst for for you more than I do food and for water. And fasting really is the ultimate way of putting our entire self, physically, spiritually, mentally, in submission to God to pursue him. I want to encourage you with Matthew chapter 6. I'm not going to read all of that before, but in Matthew chapter 6, there's this pattern that we see unfolding in this particular context of Scripture. And Jesus talks about three different things. He talks about praying, he talks about giving, and he talks about fasting. And he talks about how these should be evident and seen in the life of a believer. And it was assumed and encouraged by Jesus. He said, when you pray, when you give, and when you fast, I want to tell you something. Jesus wants you to fast. Now, I know we live in a day and an age, and I was talking to someone the other day that they're saying, well, I can't fully fast from food because I have to take medication. And along with that medication, that that uh, I have to eat food, otherwise I'll get sick. Listen, I understand that. And so in terms of fasting and prayer, if you go to the doctor a lot or you're taking a lot of medications, I encourage you, talk to the doctor, okay? This is not, I'm trying. I'm not trying to get you to sick, to get sick and die or anything like that. God forbid that. But uh, check that out. But I do encourage you to fast and pray. I've met a lot of people that have the ability, the physical ability to fast and to pray. They just don't want to. All right. But Jesus said, when you fast, he made it clear that fasting, like giving and praying was a normal part of Christian life. And this year, right now, even this very day and this very week, I've talked with so many people not just in my church, but around me that are dealing with intense issues that the word that keeps coming to my mind is that they need breakthrough. And one of the ways that we can experience dynamic spiritual breakthrough is through fasting and through prayer. The question I want to pose this year in terms of fasting and prayer to us, myself included, is just simply, could we be missing our greatest breakthroughs because we fail to fast? Let me be honest. If some, if you came up to me point blank and said, uh, Pastor Jeremiah, what's your favorite food? I'd probably say 
buffalo wings or pizza. Yeah, listen, I love meat. Uh, I'm from Nebraska, okay? I'm a meat guy, right? But um, I, I don't like to fast. I would prefer to eat. And I, listen, I'm in the camp with some of you that say, well, oh, why do we have to fast and pray? You know, why can't, can't, can't we just pray? How about if I just pray? And uh, I would like to be in that camp, but here's the reality. Jesus fasted and prayed. You know, I, I one of the things I found interesting one time as I was reading through the New Testament and Jesus, he takes this 40 days of fasting in prayer. I mean, the longest I've done, I think is seven. I've done 21 day, 21 day Daniel fast, three day fast etc. like that. But here's Jesus. He takes 40 days of fasting and prayer before he would do one miracle, before he would do any ministry, before he would step into the ministry role as the Messiah, as the Son of God. He felt and knew it was necessary to fast and pray. And it unleashed the dynamic power of God, of the Father in his heart and in his life. And that's what fasting and prayer does. It releases things. It releases a blessing. It it breaks through circumstances and situations and scenarios that are in the hearts and lives of people. Also, in Matthew chapter 17, there's this very interesting story. Now, I was talking to my children's pastor, Pastor Justin Bela, who was on our last two episodes. We were talking about this in Matthew chapter 17. There's this story about how Jesus, his disciples go to this boy um, that was uh, sick. Uh, he And uh, he was wrestling with um, demonic stuff in his life. And they were praying for him. They couldn't deliver him. They couldn't heal him. And then Jesus comes along and he brings forth a miracle in the life of this boy. And the disciples say, why, why couldn't we do it? You know, they, they clearly had done miracles before they had been given power and authority by Jesus to do these other things. But in this scenario, nothing happened. (laughs) Their prayers, their ministry, produce no effect. And they're like, Jesus, what's going on? What's what's happening here? And he said, first of all, he rebukes them because of their faith and says, listen, your faith is, you have no faith in regards to this situation. And he goes on to say, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move and it will move. But he said, this kind of thing only comes out by fasting and prayer. Now there are some versions uh, in their newer versions that have excluded that phraseology, that phrasing, fasting and prayer. I'm not totally sure why, but in other versions, it says, listen, this, this only happened because of fasting and prayer. So going back to that statement that I made before, what prayer can't do, fasting and prayer can do, listen, there are things in our lives, situations, circumstances, things that we're probably going through right now that need more than prayer. They need fasting in prayer because they break through and they do things that just simply prayer cannot do. And so that's what Jesus said. He said, this kind of thing only comes out by fasting in prayer. You know, in that particular passage of scripture, we love to quote the part of nothing is impossible with God. We love the faith as, you know, faith is a mustard seed part, but when it comes down to fasting in prayer, you know, that's the hard part. And if you will, if you will, it separates fasting and prayer separates the men from the boys, you know, in that fasting takes discipline, it takes effort and it requires sacrifice. If Jesus could have accomplished all he came to do without fasting, 
Why would he fast? Let me ask you that question. Why would he fast? The son of God fasted because he knew there were supernatural things that could only be released by fasting. You know, fasting is for everyone. Jesus did not expect his disciples to do himself something that he did not do. And I appreciate that. Thank you, Lord, that you taught me and showed me by example that I needed to fast and to pray. So I want to encourage you. I'm I'm encouraging you. You might want to do it before the beginning of the year, but I want to encourage you to fast and to pray. You know, again, sound like a broken record here for a second. And we will always be going through circumstances, situations, and things that are very difficult. But right now, as I'm making this podcast, there's some of you that are walking through challenges in your faith that you've never had to walk through before. And you're praying, you're seeking God, you're reading the Bible, you're trying to worship, you're trying to do all these things. But I want to add one other layer. I want to add one other element of pursuit in your life is that you would fast and pray and seek God. That you would say, God, I'm going to separate myself from everything else and I'm just going to pursue you. So if you're listening to this podcast, we're going to do something at Grace Point this year called Grace Point 72. 72 hours of fasting and prayer. Now, you can Google it. This will be for another podcast, another time, another place. There are different kind of fasts that you can do. There are different biblical fasts. Like I mentioned before, I've done a 21-day Daniel fast. And But I, I want to pursue, and I want you to challenge yourself this year. God, how can I fast? How can I pray? Last year, I spent three days of fasting and prayer, no food, only water. I tried to lock myself into the sanctuary at church. I attempted, I failed. I tried to listen to the entire Bible, uh, audio Bible. I was just trying to infuse myself with the presence of God in my life. But whatever it is, start praying right now. God, God, how can I seek you in a greater way? And in terms, specifically in terms of fasting and prayer, how are you going to fast and pray and challenge yourself to pursue God in greater depths. You know, that that Psalm 42 prayer would come out of you. God, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you. God, I want to thirst. I want to long for you more than anything else. And God, as deep calls unto deep, God, call us to deeper places. Thank you so much. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're challenged to fast and to pray. And think about it, pray about it. We'll talk to you next time. Hello, everyone. This is the Grace Point Daily Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us on this historic episode number 25. Today, we're going to be talking about prayer. We talked about fasting. Now we're going to talk about prayer as well. But I'm so excited as I'm viewing my computer in front of me. We are at 999 all-time plays. I really wanted to wait till 1,000 so that when I started recording this, podcast, I could officially say we've been listened to 1,000 times. I know for some big podcasters who probably get that in a second or 10 seconds or whatever, they have a million listeners. I am extremely grateful for those of you that are a part of this content. Once again, our vision is to give you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. Got to give a quick shout out to you here to Greg and Kelly Craywick. They were inspired by the Grace Point Daily Podcast and started their own called Committed to Christ. So again, they are doing that via Anchor and you can find it on all the platforms Committed to Christ, Kelly and Greg 
Greg and Kelly Craywick, which uh, Greg, Kelly, <laughs> we love you. Uh, check it out. It's got three purple crosses. There's a couple other Committed to Christ podcasts. So check that one out. It's a great interaction between a husband and wife, just speaking their heart and what's going on inside of their life. So thank you. Well, I want to talk about prayer. Obviously, you can't talk about fasting without talking about praying. And we're in this mode of Christmas season, but we're prepping, we're preparing ourselves to get ready to pray and to fast and to seek God's face for a brand new year. So I want to encourage you, whether you go to Grace Point Assembly of God Church or whatever you're doing, how are you preparing yourself and get ready, getting ready to seek God in a new way in a new year? So I'm gonna. There's a lot of ways that we could talk about prayer, but I'm gonna do it from two different aspects. Number one, I began reading a book called How to Pray by C.S. Lewis. Now, as I began to read this book, the one thing that I quickly was able to see and understand and recognize is that I am not a scholar. I love C.S. Lewis. Man, I'm a huge Chronicles of Narnia fan. He has some other great books, Screwtape Letters, many others, but uh, I am not a scholar. And he approaches prayer in this book from a very scholarly approach. Uh, and it's almost, if you read this book, I was reading this book to my girls. When I started reading it to them, they were, I was a little cynical. We were kind of like, I, I don't agree with what he's talking about here. And so you have to read the whole book because he's starting to work through a very interesting process that requires you to think about prayer. So the first thing he began to talk about, can prayer be proven to work? So does prayer even work? And he was kind of, again, maybe in a cynical or not so cynical way, kind of asking the question, um, you know, does prayer even work? I mean, he he talked about times when we pray uh, and it works and times when we pray and it doesn't work. So scientifically, does prayer work? And I'm sure we've all felt that way before, right? There's been times and moments when we're praying, we're seeking God and things are happening and things are moving. And then there's also times when we are praying and it seems like absolutely nothing is happening. Uh, and, and I've been there before and I'm sure we've all been there before. And Lewis is starting to is starting off with kind of a negative bent. I don't want to say negative because when you start reading through the book, he he comes around. But really, kind of what, what some of you may have questioned, well, you know, why do I pray? Does it does it even work? I prayed yesterday. I prayed the day before. I've prayed other times in my life and it didn't work. So why should I pray? And you know what? That's a, that's a valid question. And it's not something that many other people haven't asked the, the, the same question. Go to the book of Psalms. There were times when the Psalmist David and others were worshiping God and like, man, God's so amazing. And then there were times that they're like, God, where are you? I feel like you have completely abandon me. That shouldn't stop us from praying. It, it, it doesn't mean that something isn't happening in our prayers. It's not an excuse um, that to mean that, you know, if we're praying and something doesn't get answered, it's, you know, it, it's not a, it's not an out. It's not an excuse. Prayer does work, but it's a valid question. And I'm sure it fills our minds sometimes when we are praying, right? Because there's some of you, even as you listen to this podcast, you're like, well, I've been praying for this person or that thing or that issue for a very long time. But then secondly, he goes into another chapter talking about why make requests of God if he already knows what we need. So now again, it's almost kind of like a double negative where he's like, well, first of all, does, does prayer get answered? And second of all, why should we pray if, if he already knows, if he's already in control, he's in control of the whole universe, he dictates and determines what is going to happen, then then why do I even need to pray? Again, kind of, in, in a sense, a valid point. But I'm going to read just a little section from the book because I thought 
uh, it was interesting. He said, that is why God has retained a discretionary power of granting or refusing it, except on that condition prayer would destroy us. It is such it is not unreasonable for a headmaster to say such and such things you may do according to the fixed rules of this school, but such and such other things are too dangerous to be left to general rules. If you want to do them, you must come and make a request and talk over the whole matter with me in my study, and then we'll see. So again, see how Lewis, it, it, he's just approaching such things in a very scholarly manner. But I do love this point that he brings up is that prayer is this one discretionary element of God, if you will, that when we seek him, he can alter, he can shift things and things are affected, can be affected and will be affected by our prayers. So that's just kind of his take and his opinion. And before we just get to opinion based, let me read a scripture. In Psalm 34 verse 15, it says, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. So guess what? I want to tell you today that God is listening to your prayers, that his his eyes and his ears are attentive to the cry of the righteous and to those that are following him and that those who trust in him. Daniel 9.18 says, We do not make request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Psalm 5 verse 3 says, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait in expectation. And so, you know, we should be praying. We should be seeking God. We should be expecting that God is going to do something when we pray. That prayer is not random. Uh, that prayer isn't, um, you know, it's it's not a lottery. That it, it, It's not like buying a lottery ticket <laughs> that, okay, if I pray, maybe it'll get answered. Maybe it won't get answered. According to God's word, when we pray, we should assume that God is hearing our prayers and that he is answering them and that he is working. Uh, and that we should have confidence in this. Even 1 John 4, excuse me, 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And I want to tell you something, that that is such an important aspect of our prayer life. It's so easy. I, I, I've said this a lot, that it's so easy when we step into a time of prayer uh, that we just, it, it gets monotonous. It gets very selfish, right? I mean, obviously it's a good thing. I'll give you an example of praying for our food. Lord bless our food uh, in Jesus name. Amen. Um, tomorrow I'm getting ready for church tomorrow. I'm getting, getting ready to lead our church tomorrow. It's, it's so easy to pray, uh, Lord help there to be good attendance tomorrow, help there to be good offering, uh, help, help people to respond to you rather than just really seeking God on a deeper level in prayer and asking his will to be done. And I want to challenge you in that area. And that's what I've been challenging those of you that are going to fast and pray, uh, upcoming in the new year, that if you're going to fast and pray, I want you to take some time to pray about what you're going to pray about. <laughs> pray before you pray. That you should pray before you pray. Because then you're saying, God, I, I, I want to know your heart. God, what should I be praying for? God, what, God, what is your will? Rather than just me just flippantly praying things that I want to pray. Here's the bottom line. James chapter 4 verse 3 says, When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. And that's so true, isn't it? That 
So many, so many times our prayers are just based off of wrong motives. It's based off of asking what we want as opposed to what God wants. So interesting. I'm reading this book, How to Pray, called C.S. Lewis, and he's kind of starting the book off in somewhat of a negative way in terms of does God really hear our prayer? Is he moved by our prayers? But then turning to the word of God, knowing that God does hear our prayer. And, and again, I'm not throwing uh, Mr. Lewis under the bus because I know that's not what he was saying. But then I, I, at the same time, I was laying down and my wife threw some books at me, not literally, but set them by my bed. And one was called Why Revival Tarries. And it was by an author, uh, a revivalist of old, an evangelist named Leonard Ravenhill. And he in this book is just pounding the pavement. Uh, and waving the flag for prayer in the lives of the believers and just saying the reason we don't experience the power of God, the reason we don't experience revival is because we don't pray. And I love just some quotes I'm going to read for you. He said, prayer affects God. I, I love that, just that simple phrase, prayer affects God. So I want to encourage you the next time that you go to pray, it is affecting God. Prayer affects God. Uh, um, you, you, other things don't affect God, but prayer absolutely 100% does. Uh, and he speaks here in this book, he's kind of really, in the first chapter, he's preaching at pastors, but he said, victory is not won in the pulpit by firing intellectual bullets or wisecracks, but in the prayer closet, it is won or lost before the preacher's foot enters the pulpit. And man, that, when I read that, that was convicting for me as a pastor, because sometimes as a pastor, we're so focused on preaching a cool sermon and thinking in our brains like, oh, I wonder if people are going to like this sermon. I hope they like it rather than saying, you know what? I'm going to pray. God, I'm going to hear your voice. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to ask what it is that you want me to preach. And, and I'm going to do that instead. <laughs> he even said in this chapter, you know, for those churches that hire pastors, do we ever ask pastors um, how, how much they pray or how long they pray per day? Or is it just about all of their, you know, things that they have done, all of their um, numeric, their metrics, you know, that how big was your church, you know, or really what is your prayer life like? Do we care about that? And then in the second chapter also, he says, no man is greater than his prayer life. Wow. Isn't that a powerful statement? No man is greater than his prayer life. My life will only be as great as my prayer life is. That's convicting. That, that makes me close the book and say, God, I don't pray enough. How many of you would confess that right now as you listen to this podcast, you'd say, you know what, man, I, I don't pray enough. I don't seek God enough. I need to, I need to pray more. The secret of praying is praying in the secret. A sinning man will stop praying and a praying man will stop sinning. You know, just giving you a little quotes that he put along the book here. Just that, that when we're walking in prayer, this is when we're powerful. This is when we're holy. This is when we're righteous. This is when we're most effective in our spiritual walk. This is when we're encountering God. So I want to encourage you, start praying, seeking the Lord. I, I, I Listen, I understand it's difficult. I have four kids. I have a wife. I have a family. I have a job. And sometimes it just feels like prayer is the last thing on my mind. And man, how horrible, is that, how horrible is it to say as a pastor, but that I would make that discipline to get up in the morning, to rise, rise with prayer, end the day with prayer, seek God in prayer. So I hope some of that encourages you because the goal this year is not just to fast, it's to fast and to pray. And it's actually to make both of those things a regular part of our, our lifestyle. Amen. James chapter five, verse 16, I'll close with this, says the 
the prayer of a righteous man, it's powerful and effective. So I want, I want my prayers to be powerful and effective, don't you? So I'm going to have to be a righteous man. I'm going to have to be pursuing God. I'm going to have to be pursuing his will. So God bless you as you continue to daily walk with Jesus, that you would make prayer a part of your life uh, in your weather when you wake up, in the shower, in the car, that uh, on lunch break, that you take time and moments to seek him because prayer affects God. Thank you for listening to the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.